You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Pleased to be joined by Ben Lieber, former Vikings linebacker, sideline analyst for the Vikings Radio Network. Ben, thanks so much for coming back on the show. So take us through the miracle in Minnesota as you saw it. Were you still down on the field or getting ready for the postgame show? Uh, guys, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I was down on the field. Yeah, I was down on the field, but mentally I was getting ready for the postgame show. You know, we had two different uh, variables going on. If, if the Vikings win, I got to do – I got to do X, Y, and Z. If they, if they lose, I got to do X, Y, and Z. So uh, I was going through my checklist of like, all right, here we go. Vikings are going to lose. And, and uh, I've got to you know, do these responsibilities. I got to think about my questions. And next thing you know, like a shot of lightning, uh, there was this surge of electricity and energy just went through everybody as we were watching this play unfold. And it was after that, it was complete pandemonium and chaos and, and uh, insanity. Uh, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Ben, when you speaking of the craziest thing you've ever seen, I, the look that was on Everson Griffin's face, as well as Case Keenum. Yeah. I mean, Everson is on the bench, you know, kind of in that mode of what you just explained, like let's get ready to move on, and whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and nothing to do with the game, but to do with the off season. And then Case Keenum, he comes back and his mouth, his mouth is wide open. He says, "Oh my God!" And by the time he recognized, he said, "Oh my God!" There was a jolt of electricity went through him, and he went stone crazy. So, how many? people were in that moment of you know after the pandemonium that you mentioned just kind of just erupted how do you feel how did you see everyone else responding to that play that was on the sideline you know obviously there was a group of guys that that they couldn't help but just have their legs carry them into the end zone to celebrate uh with stefan but you saw the video of a lot of guys on the sidelines just sort of stunned and shocked and yes there were guys hugging and all that stuff but I'll tell you what is even after the the initial play the the stoppage in play to review it to see if he'd stepped out of bounds and confirm the touchdown and then to bring out the Saints players for that that silly extra point point after deal that they have to go through uh after all that after all the interviews and, and all the on-field stuff I was talking to guys in the locker room and they're like, I still can't believe what happened. Like, the guys were still shell-shocked. And, like, they, they had all prepared, I think, mentally that they were, they were going to lose the game. And, and I was talking to Brian Robinson specifically. He was a teammate of mine in 2009 when we lost to the Saints down there. And, and he was still in his pads an hour after the game. You know, other guys had showered, and here he is still in his shoulder pads and full uniform, and he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> he was, I just, he's like, I didn't think that we were going to win the game, and all of a sudden here we are, and, and we won. Ben Lieber is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Ben, let's focus on your specialty, defensive football. How do you see the matchup of the Vikings' high-powered offense with all of their skilled playmakers against the top-five defense for the Eagles? Well, you know, it's going to be tough for sure. Um, you, you look at, obviously, the number one ranked deep, uh, rush defense in the Eagles. They do a great job of just their front four. I'm, I'm amazed by watching the film, you know, how little they blitz with their linebackers, how little they blitz with their safeties. They do a lot of things with their front four defensive line. So, you know, just managing those athletic guys up there, especially, you know, out on out on the edges. I think the, the matchup with uh, Rashad Hill and Brandon Graham is going to be something to watch. Um but I, I do think that they're just like any any team, any defense. Uh, there are vulnerabilities to this defense. I think their corners 
are, are just good. I don't think that they're great. I think they can be taken advantage of. Uh, I think the, the Falcons did especially take advantage of those guys, although they held their own enough to, to keep the players out of the end zone. But as far as one-on-one matchups, uh, mono a mono, I, I like our chances with Diggs and Thielen on the outside to exploit those guys. Um, I think that you can run on these guys. I think there, there are opportunities on the perimeter run game, especially if you compress the, the formations and you ask now the corners to be run fitters. I just don't think they're very physical against the run, and I think they're not very good at getting off the blocks as well with the receivers. So I think there are ways that you can compress the, the formations and ask Jarek McKinnon uh, to get around the outside. So uh, that's a little bit right now the formula that I see of success. Uh, it's going to be tough, though, because, like I said, that front four, they can penetrate, and, and you may have the perfect scheme, but they may go up there and, and blow something up in the backfield. You know, they may do that. Um, I think one thing that needs to be, uh, I think, probably for certain in this game to to help that run-stop defense, uh, what about Sandejo, Andrew Sandejo? How is he? Because I keep asking this question, we're not really getting too many answers, but you think he'll be able to uh, play in this game this upcoming weekend? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I'm actually uh, 99% sure he's going to play in this game. You know, I, I got the feeling that, that Mike Zimmer was already laying the groundwork soon after the game saying, yep, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. I, I talked to him. He looks great. Um, I think there's going to be sort of a a wink-wink. He went through the, percuss- the concussion protocol, and, and he's all good. Uh, had this been a regular season game, say week four, I imagine he'd be sitting out of this game. But they're going to find a way, and, and he's going to be with it enough to find a way himself to get himself mentally ready to play this game. And, and I know that that's counter to, you know, all the safety protocols and everything that's going on right now. But let's be honest, this is a this is the biggest game of his life. It's the biggest game for a lot of these guys on the team. And because he got his bell rung, um, he's, he's still going to find a way to get on the field. So I expect him to be playing on Sunday. Chatting with Ben Lieber, former Vikings linebacker. Ben, should we give more credit to the Vikings running game after Dalvin Cook went down with the torn ACL? And as you know, he was sensational to start his rookie season coming out of Florida State. Murray and McKinnon have been able to hold things together nicely. Yeah, they really have. You know, they, they, they're doing enough to, I think, you know, provide a threat. And, and that's all you need when you have a team that uses play-action pass and, and you want to get an extra safety committed to the box and have guys singled up on the outside. Uh, so they're doing enough. You know, are they as explosive and quote-unquote dynamic? No, they're not. But between the two of them, i got to say that i, I got to give a lot of credit to Latavius. I'm, I'm not a big fan of his running style. I, I think that he runs into some people a little too often and, and uh, he misses some holes, but – you know, he's a big, strong runner, and you, you got got to give him credit for guys that sort of bounce off of him and guys that miss arm tackles and, and his ability just to make a, a slight adjustment, maybe not a complete juke move, but, you know, he does enough with his wiggle to make guys miss and, and to find some, some open running lanes. So he's, he's been effective, and, and along with, with Jarek, uh, who's – I got to give, give him a ton of credit – he was he was challenged in the off season of putting on weight and putting on strength because too many times last year he was he was going down with arm tackles and he wasn't breaking enough tackles at the line of scrimmage and this year he came back you know he put on about ten pounds you could you could see his his thighs and his hips are a little bit bigger he's making himself look more like a running back and I think it's really paid off he's he's been fantastic for what they want him to do. 
Case Keenum, has he done enough to be given an opportunity to be a starter uh, with this Minnesota Vikings team next year or just to start in the National Football League? I think he's done enough, for sure. Um, I think you're starting to understand what his style of play is. It's a little backyard. It's a little gunslinger. And you're going to have to live with some mistakes. You're going to have to live with some times where you want to pull your hair out and, and wonder, why did you make that throw or why did you make that decision? But just as he makes that play, uh, let's just go back to this last game. He has, a, he has a terrible interception. And then his very next pass on the next series, he drops it right into Jerry Wright, Jarius Wright's uh, belly on a phenomenal play and a, and a great pass over his shoulder that required some, some arm strength and some touch. So uh, I, I think he, he has the ability to be a franchise quarterback. Uh, he will make some mistakes, but I think, man, he, he's fun to watch. He's going to bail you out a lot of times. He has athleticism enough a, to move around the pocket, to extend some plays, to give his receivers a chance. And most importantly, I think he has that it factor when it comes to leadership. Guys just really respond to him. I think it's he walks the walk. Uh, he's not one of these guys that is in the locker room preaching this, that, and the other, and then turning his back and doing something else. Uh, he's a great man of faith and, and religion, and I know that resonates with a lot of guys in the locker room as well. And, and to that, he, he walks the walk as well. He's not a guy that goes to chapel and then goes out and runs the streets the same night, um, which, you know, that's a whole other topic of conversation, which I feel like is, is littered with the NFL. Um, but he, he's a guy that guys can really rally behind, and, and you can find a lot, of, a lot of commonality with him. And he's sort of this every man that, that works his tail off, and, and you respect him for it. And let's wrap it up with the big picture. If you had to focus on one area, one component as to what the entire NFC championship game could hinge on coming up Sunday in Philadelphia, what would that area be? I would say which offensive line wins the game. Um, as I laid out, I think Philadelphia's offensive line is really good, and, and I think that they they can pose a lot of problems to the front seven. And if they can they can sort of take the will of the Vikings front seven, then that, I think they're going to do enough to win the game. And and I think that that short dink and dunk uh, college passing game that they've implemented with Nick Foles, you know, along with a big physical offensive line, I think will do enough to win a close ball game. Now. If the Vikings can weather that storm, and conversely, if their offensive line uh, can find a way to protect Case against a, a really good front four and find a way to, to get the edge in the run game, then then I think the Vikings come out on top. So it's going to be just like everything else. I know it's cliche. It's going to be one of the one of the trenches, but uh, I think it's it's really important, especially when you have two very good run stopping defenses. That whoever does the best uh, on the offensive line is going to win the game. And as always, we appreciate the insights. Thanks for coming back on the show. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Thanks a lot, guys. Anytime. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.